With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to Argo Chat, the weekly Argo podcast brought to you by Plymouth Live Sports Desk. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Argyle Chat. Joining me to look back on Saturday's Devon Derby debacle are Chris Arrington and Jack Ball. Hi guys. Hello. Hi Shoe. And a warm welcome to this week's special guest, Andy Bacon. Hi Andy. Hi, nice to see you all. Likewise. So, um, some rather glum faces around the <laughs> table this morning. Come on, let's get it over and done with. Yep. Jack, how are you feeling? Are you over I've, it yet? I've been dreading this podcast since, <laughs> since about 3pm on Saturday. The only good thing about Saturday was the fact that the clocks went back. So, uh, it was and England won the rugby. Oh, I don't really watch rugby, but no. yeah, yeah, I suppose that's, that's good for the country, I guess. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, it was, a, it was an awful game. The worst Devon Derby I've ever seen. Possibly the worst in history. And I'm sure we'll go into why that was soon. Yeah, Andy? Yeah, like I said, I said to you as I arrived, it was... Um, I brought myself to look at the goals this morning just because I thought obviously we're going to be talking about it today and uh, yeah I listened to it at home on the radio and it was uh, it wasn't uh, it wasn't music to my ears it was uh, yeah it was a uh, it was an awful awful performance. So let's get to the chase then, guys. Four um, 0 in a Devon derby it doesn't happen often. What went wrong for our goal? Um, I think the spell either side of half time the five minutes either side of half time I thought the first forty minutes Exeter were the better team. There wasn't a great deal in it. I don't think there was too many clear-cut uh, chances. In fact, Argyle had a couple of opportunities themselves. Sarsovic went through and had a, a shot saved. Um, so I thought it was reasonably even. Uh, the penalty um, has been debated quite a bit. Um, I still stick to my conviction that it was a soft penalty and nine times out of ten it wouldn't have been given. Uh, but it was given. It changed the momentum, the pattern of the game. It gave Exeter that belief going in at half-time that they'd um, got themselves in front. It was crucial at the start of the second half that Argyle came out with a bit more fire in their bellies and stayed in the game. And, of course, they've conceded a needless free kick. And as we've said on the podcast loads of times this season, they really struggle at defending set-pieces into their own penalty area. It's a decent ball in. But it's a near post, near post header flick that goes into the net. You just can't be conceding goals like that. And 2-0, any fight that there was in the Argyle players, which was not the greatest, Jack, was it? After that, I mean, it really could have been any score Exeter wanted, I think. I think we could have still been sat there now and Argyle still wouldn't have scored a goal. It was that bad. I think none of the players were up for it. it that second goal just, just took anything out of them. I mm. mean, it was like Exeter was just completely in control of that, and the, the fans were pretty quiet after the Argyle fans that is obviously the extra fans weren't annoyingly uh, <laughs> but but yeah the, the game ended there I think and it could, like I said it, 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 what, was it, what was it like as a fan Jack being at that game do you know what it reminded me of obviously not the, not the stadium but it reminded me of the, of the Wembley game where everything's built up you're all excited when Argyle lost to Wimbledon you're ready for the occasion and the players just come out and don't turn up and it's flat from the very start mm. yeah, and there was, a, there was a bit of an atmosphere before the game um, 
you know, it was, it was quite good when the teams came out. But even within five, ten minutes, it was just sort of, there was just nothing for Argyle fans to shout about. Exeter fans, they had a little bit to shout about, I think. But it was such a poor first half. And yeah, it just reminded me of that sort of mm. feeling I had after AFC Wimbledon. Even though there was nothing ultimately up for grabs apart from three points and, and pride. But it had that same sort of deflating feeling where the players just weren't up to the occasion. Yeah, well, we have, there's been so much comment and... Um... And questions asked of the of the performance, and we've had plenty sent in onto our Argyle Chat Facebook page. We'll start with one from Richard Sloman. Uh, is Ryan Lowe showing his relative inexperience as a manager? Just another game. Don't give a sh about Exeter comments have made him look a bit silly now. Quite embarrassing, in fact. If so, he needs to learn on the job very very quickly. Now, Andy, we were talking about this earlier. We, I can't believe that he's coming out and saying um, it's just another game. He's a massive massive Liverpool fan. He knows what the Merseyside derby means to Liverpudians and Evertonians. Surely he must be able to, you know, appreciate what the Devon derby means to the people of Plymouth and Exeter. You'd like to think so, wouldn't you? Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, he definitely knows now. He doesn't know what it means to the fans. Um, maybe, maybe he's, maybe he's overlooked that. I don't. I, I would not. You know, I'd like to think that he hasn't, but. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure uh, he, he pretty much understands how the fans feel about the Devon Derby now. To be uh, fair, well, what he did say in the press conference, he did say it's more than just a game to the fans. He did say that quite openly. So I, I think a part of it has been taken out of context. He didn't say it's just any old game for everyone. He was saying for him and his players, he wants it to be any old game. Now, whether he said that behind closed doors, I'd be shocked. I don't think he would have said that to his players behind closed doors. But he did say for the fans, we get it's more than just a game. So he didn't say that for everyone. Do you think it's an experience? He's showing an experience. I mean, what's this? This is his second full season as a manager, so obviously he is he is an inexperience with regards to you know being a manager. But he's, he's been got, around professional football a long time. Yeah. He's played in some big games. Mm. You know, he he knows what derby derby game means. I I, I, I think it, it there's a lot of factors, and I think that one of the main factors for, for Plymouth is that we lack leaders, and I think for a Devon derby, you know, you need strong leadership. And strong characters, and I look through that team. The defense is is you know still showing the frailties that you know all the goals that we conceded last season and went down with. Um, it's square pegs and round holes. They haven't been replaced. Um, and I think when we're given time on the ball, we can get we can get through games and we can look at a tidy team. But when teams you know apply a high press, and obviously that's going to happen in a Devon derby, I think we struggle. And you know, and I think um, yeah, that was apparent on. Definitely on Saturday. Also, what, what are we saying? If Ryan Lowe, come, what, what do we want Ryan Lowe to say? Come out and say, is this, this game's everything? It, it, and then what, if they lost 4-0, he look even more stupid? Yeah. Are we saying that if he had come out and said, actually, this is more than just a game, Argyle would have won? I don't think it would have made a difference, personally. I, I don't think his comments made much difference. Hmm. I, I do wonder, the, the just another game line, and it, Argyle looked like a team that were just treating it as another game as one of 46 games. Exeter looked like they were p- treating it as a, as a cup final, as a playoff final, as a really big game. Mm. And that was the difference between the two teams to me on Saturday. Exeter had so much more fire in their belly. Don't forget that they had two away games, back-to-back away games, against Cambridge and Scunthorpe. They'd travelled over a 1,000 miles. I know they'd made changes and this, that and the other, but Argyle had had two home games. Argyle had scored six goals and none against. Exeter had conceded seven, scored one. 
if Argyle had had the right approach, that was a game that should have been there for them to go and to do well. Mm-hmm. They turned up, and for minute one, they were not up to the same speed as Exeter were. And I, I just, they just looked like a team. And this might not be the case, but I, I would argue very strongly that they looked like a team that were not up for the fight. I totally agree with you, but we, you know Ryan Lowe better mm-hmm. than me. Mm-hmm. He's made it very clear what the fans should expect at Home Park this yep. season. He's going to know what the rivalry is about. He's not stupid. He's going to understand it from a fan's perspective, as you said, because of Liverpool. For me, again, like the AFC Wimbledon playoff final, they knew all that game then, but sometimes players just turn up and don't perform. And mm. I think sometimes too much can be put on the manager. We're never going to know mm. what he said to the team yeah. in the dressing room, behind closed doors. I think he would have been jigging them up. I could be wrong. I don't think he would have been saying it's just another game, it means nothing, because... Mm. He knows what the fans means. He's spoken about that a lot. And I think sometimes you just have to put it down to the fact that the players didn't turn up and they should take the responsibility. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, actually, because from, from an excellent perspective, Matt Taylor and, and the players were saying a similar thing. They said, from our point of view, it is just another game. You know, we prepare the same way. You know, we still do our, our same pre-match routines, things like that. So it, it, it is work for them. But obviously it does mean so much more. They're aware of the fact that it's a big game because of the outside interest and the extra interest from fans and what have you. But from a professional perspective, you go about it in the same way. But sometimes do maybe journalists, fans, do people all maybe look for things to be more complicated than they are? Could it not just be a case that the players just didn't turn up? Could that not just be it? Well, it could be. Yeah. Mm. And that you make the good point about the player final against Wimbledon because that was a classic case of a team turning up, freezing, mm. I think that's fair to say, and just not performing. I don't think Argyle froze on Saturday, but they they weren't as motivated, fired up as Exeter were. That's for absolutely certain. Mm. Um, it's difficult for managers. I mean, we work in the media, Jack and, and I and Stu, um, and you ask managers questions, and you know you, you want them to say interesting stuff. If I was a football manager, I'd be extremely careful what I said to the media because. In this day and age, there's so many ways that even one line, two lines can get made into something a lot more than what it is. And, and Richard's, you know, questioning about, you know, just another game and don't give a, you know, whatever. It, those are little lines that are taken out and highlight, highlighted. We're in the media. That's, you know, our job. That's what we do. We, you know, we highlight things. Um, if I was a manager, I would be careful before a big game like this about what I said I think certainly in the build up to the game I think the the line that most people made um, reference to was was the fact that he was some sort of disrespect towards Exeter Mm. in the sense that the expectation at Argyle is so much Mm. bigger and Mm. the Exeter fans picked up on it straight away and said you know how disrespectful but but I I would argue is that not true would Mm. Exeter fans not admit that there is more expectation on Argyle because they have a bigger you know bigger city they have more Mm. more finances they've got a chairman that's put pubs in a lot of money they were in the championship a few years ago I don't think anything that was said was necessarily disrespectful. I don't think he was saying it in a disrespectful way. And also, what I would say about managers, what they say in press conferences, fans have got to be careful. They moan at the likes of Derek Adams, as I did, for never yes. giving anyone anything. Yes. As soon That's as a manager then does give someone something, correct. why correct. are you saying that? Why are you doing yes. this? You can't have it always. It just doesn't work. Mm. I, I, For me, the, the time that we can learn about Ryan Lowe in this is when the reverse fixture comes on and see how, if he changes what he says. Mm. Um, that's, that's for me, is the only time that we'll know whether he's learned something from this game. Yeah, well, what I'd like to know is if Richard Sloman has run down Royal Parade naked because he said if, if Exeter to win the derby, then that's what he'll be doing. Well, so no, had, no pressure, lads. We said. haven't had any reports of the police being called to Royal Parade. No. Another comment uh, Richard made last week as well, he said that a heavy defeat could be crucial either way. Now, I'm sure last week, well, none of us expected it to be 
to be 4-0. Andy, do you, do you think it could have a consequence for Argyle in their season? The uh, heavy nature, the heavy nature of the defeat. Um, Put you on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> Just quickly, while you gave your, your thoughts, Andy, I would say that I would hope and expect a major response reaction, from Argyle. Yeah. A major reaction. Um, if the players are out and about in the city, they'll be told what the fans think of it. Um, and they've got the game against Tuesday against Chelsea in the EFL Trophy, but that doesn't really matter. Uh, but next Saturday against Grimsby, there has to be a reaction. You can't lose 4-0 in a local derby and not have a reaction to that. Correct. So, is it crucial? I think, it, in the long run, it, it might be, yeah. it, you know, I'm clutching at straws a bit, I know, but it might be, look, we can't, this is unacceptable and everything else has got to be at a much higher level so I would hope there's a a good major reaction from the players it's been a majorly inconsistent season isn't it there's been there's been moments in the season where you know you get your your head in your hands like everybody had after the game Saturday and you're thinking oh here we go again and then they get back to back victories a 2-0 a 4-0 and you you know it's a belief and a a positive feel about the club again and then you go back to Saturday's result and it's 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 such it's such a roller coaster of emotions you know like it's League Two football, you know how how much time do you give the man how how long before you know pressure starts to, you know to show on the manager and how before, you know his uh, his philosophy and his his tactics come under scrutiny or you know it's, he's by the looks of it he's not going to change, you know he's going to keep playing the way he's playing. What what I said to Stu over the weekend, the thing that was annoying me more than the result is the, for me the overreaction of fans, and I know we all do it at times. Yeah, but I think we'll, after we'll come on to that in a minute, oh, Jack. There, yeah, there was a question about, about, yeah, about okay, it. Sorry, um, Andy Blesser. He said, "I can't believe for a minute that an ex-pro footballer doesn't understand the importance to the fans of a derby game." I can only imagine that his just another game comments were aimed at calming his players down. We sort of we covered that, but yeah. I, I think calming your players down before a big game like that, I I, I can see part of it, but. If you go in there undercooked, so to speak, that you're, you, mm. I think they just walked into St James's Park and they just didn't realise what was what was waiting for mm. them there. Um, there was only two of the Argyle players had played in the Devon derby before. I'm sure Gary Sawyer and Anthony Sarsavik would have, certainly Gary Sawyer would have told some of the other players what to expect. But I, they just looked to, totally sort of, they didn't realise what was waiting for them. And the thing is, if, if I got a win against Grimsby, you can flip it against it. They've only lost one game yeah, in absolutely. six, one game in seven, they've lost, won three of the last four, mm. and suddenly things look better. It's, mm. it's, it's tough to take because it's a Devon derby, but if it was against any other team in the League Two, you'd, I think most would say, let's just hope it was a bad day at the office. I think you, you made a good point as well, Andy, when you said it's League Two football. I mean, next to the loss, 4-0 mm. at Cambridge exactly. last week. I got a win 4-0 yeah. on Tuesday and then lose 4-0 on That's Saturday. Crazy. And Leighton Orient as well, won 4-0 at the weekend. Yeah, yeah. And, lost absolutely. Absolutely. and we've talked about this before, about consistency. If these players were consistent, they'd be at a high playing yeah, yeah. at a high level. They're they're good professional players. Yeah. They're making a living out of it. They're doing everything that we would have all loved to have done, um, but they are not going to do it game after game after game. Mm. But boy, did they pick a bad game to, uh, to have an off day. Yeah, Andy Jasper says uh, rubbish. Don't pay the players and low and re- don't pay the players and Ryan low mm-hmm. and refund the supporters who paid out good money to be let down. 
See, that annoys me. It's mm. part and parcel of football. Does that mean, does, does Andy want to give Argyle an extra 10 quid after they win 4-0 on Tuesday night? Yeah, yeah. Is it, you know, it's, it's a ridiculous thing to say. Yes, it's frustrating. Yes, the players underperformed. It's part and parcel of League 2 football. You know, as you said, that is that is the ups and downs of the division. No, I can't, be very recall, high, high I can't ever well. recall hearing a fan say, I'm going to pay an extra five quid after seeing them win 4-0 against Leighton Orient. Yeah. I enjoyed it so much. It's... When you're a fan, and particularly when you're a fan of Argyle or Exeter or a lower league club, you take the rough with the smooth. Be, be prepared to be disappointed. <laughs> Absolutely, uh, Lee Newson. Do you believe something that you touched on earlier, Andy? Uh, do you believe Argyle need real leaders on the pitch? As at Exeter, it looked like there were none. Someone like Paul Watton, Sonny Bradley, uh, Graham Coughlin. And do you think Ryan Lowe's comments all week explain that it's just a normal game? <laughs> Again, mm. coming back to the same old mm. point. Uh, Michael Kimber also said it's a mistake to call the derby just another game. So let's go back to the point about leaders. Um, you yeah. did mention it earlier. You yeah. obviously see that as a, as a big problem for Argyle. I see that. I saw that as Achilles heel last season, and I see that again this season. Um, like I say, four of the back five, you could say, you know, playing a three, well, three with the wing backs as well. So I would say, you, you know, you're Riley, Wooten, Canavan, Sawyer. All four of those to me were a big major part in, in Plymouth last season and, and conceding an awful lot of goals. Um, big big reason why we're so inconsistent this this season. Um, I mean, alarm bells were ringing on Saturday. I think it was uh, was it Bowman almost scored um, early doors. So you you know you'd expect a reaction. You know we were let off by that miss, and uh, you'd expect a reaction. Um, I don't see too many leaders in that side. I really don't, and and I expect in the next tra- January transfer window, I would expect, if not all four of those, maybe three of those, maybe on the way out. Maybe they know that. Maybe they feel that. Maybe that's why they're not getting a response from a Devon Derby. Uh, I'm not sure about that, Andy. And it's it's never easy to get rid of players. You can't just say these players aren't good enough. I'm going to get rid of you because will any other clubs take them? Um, will they get a better offer financially at another club? Why would players leave in the middle of the season if they're not going to get a better contract than the one they're already on? They're not going to do that. So you are limited in what you can do in the January transfer window. I'm not saying there won't be changes in January, but it's going to be next summer before Ryan Lowe can really stamp his mark on it. And he might be able to make a change or two defensively, but it ain't going to be three, four. That doesn't happen in the January transfer window. They've got a big enough squad as it is anyway at the moment with the with the players they've got. It's worth saying though he has brought in two centre backs with Williamson mm. and uh, obviously bought, he's responsible for bringing in Josh Grant. Yep. So Ameson was on on the bench on Saturday and I must admit I was I was quite surprised to see him on the bench given what you guys have said about the defence this season and that mm. he seems to be Argyle's best defender. He, he looked like he could be that leader type of player that Argyle need in the, yeah. in the first couple of games. I don't know what's happened for him to not play in the last few games. It does seem a bit odd to me because I would say from what we've seen, yes, it's limited. He's been the best defender this season on a very limited uh, basis. Attacking-wise, he offers a threat. Mm, definitely. Like the, the first we've seen since Sonny Bradley left, I would say. Yeah. Um, and for me, that's a weird one. Josh Grant, again, he, he, he was, he's been okay at parts, but he's been poor recently. Maybe he needs a run of games to get going, but you're not going to give him a run of games unless he's playing well. It's a tough one, but ultimately I think you're right. It's the centre of defence needs a lot of work. Look at all those names that you mentioned. Watson, Bradley, Copland, centre-backs. Yeah. Physical, strong, determined centre-backs. And on what we've seen, none of the Argyle defenders have got that or displayed that. And when people talk about leaders, you know, Gary Sawyer's a leader. He's been at that club for most of his career. It means an awful lot to him. You know, uh, that defeat would have really hurt 
hurt him. Um, but he doesn't necessarily maybe come across as a leader as such because he played a lot of his career at left back. You know, he's not seen he's not seen as a leader, but I think he is. Um, certainly in the dressing room and his experience and the amount of games he's played for Arvel. But I think what Lee's referring to is the, the type of leader who sort of wears his heart on the sleeve, Physical the centre yeah, yeah. that goes and makes their tackles, that puts his head in where it... You know, Sonny Bradley was a great example of that. You know, boy, he would put his body yeah. in the line of anything. And that's why the fans loved him so yeah. much. And that is the type of player Arvel needs. So I think they have got a leader in Gary Sawyer and maybe one or two others with experience and have been there and done it, your Joe Edwards and things like that. But a leader are like the, the Watson, Bradley and Copper. But they, they really do with that. But they're not easy to find. Not no. every team has, has players like that. Sawyer may be a leader, and I don't want to throw anyone under the bus. You know, he's massively experienced and, you know, and absolutely, you know, he's, he loves the club. But I just think he, I just purely think that they're not good enough. You know, I really what? don't. I don't, you know, it hurts me to say, but I don't think Sawyer's good enough. No. I don't think any of those back three are good enough you know they've chopped and changed throughout the season and you know although although they took a beating and, and heads dropped on, on Saturday it's the goals that are conceded and the first two goals that we conceded were so weak and could have been prevented and, and if you prevent those then you can gain confidence throughout the game but Saturday you can see two very poor goals on the Devon Derby no leaders on the pitch heads drop and they just rolled them over consistency again is the issue though isn't it because previous two games they kept two clean sheets yeah which is a huge surprise. So you go from two clean sheets to four yeah. against Exeter and it could have been five, six, whatever. And that, again, is that consistency issue. So the, the defence is going to get addressed mm. in January, I'm sure. Yeah, it's going to take but, more than a win. But it's going to take more than January yeah, to, 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 to sort that one out, I think. But until yeah. it's sorted out, you can, mm. I think they're, going to be, you know, mm. they're going to be consistently inconsistent, aren't yeah. they? Yeah, well, <laughs> let's leave the first half. We had a really good comment from Dave Searle. Yeah. Um, so I think we'll just end the first half of the show with this. A local derby isn't about 90 minutes. It's about getting up early and queuing in the rain to try and secure a ticket. It's about getting to Exeter and getting soaked watching my team against our bitter rivals. It's about bragging rights. It wasn't just another game. Unfortunately, Rilo needs to learn that. Well, welcome back to the second half of the podcast. Plenty of uh, interesting debate already. Andy, what defeat does this mean for Ryan Lowe? Do you think his stock has fallen off the, the back of a Devon derby hammering? Um... I, don't, I, don't, I think the, the fans are still backing him 100%. Um, I think he'll learn an awful lot from this defeat. Um, I'm hoping that the players are absolutely hurting. Um, back in training today, you know, they're given an extra 10% or whatever is, is required. And I'm expecting a huge reaction Saturday. Um, and I'm sure we will see that. And I'm sure, you know, hopefully, Plymouth, you know, get a, get a good win against Grimsby. Um, I, th- I think it's a huge learning curve and you know managers players learning all the time and I think he would have learned an awful lot from that defeat on Saturday yeah they say that you know managers and players learn more from defeats than they do from victories so um, maybe this could be a bit of a blessing in disguise for, for Ryan Lowe and Argyle I guess yeah I mean I think most people have been impressed with the way Ryan Lowe's gone about his job he was a breath of fresh air coming in in the summer in terms of you know, giving everyone a bit of hope after a, a dreadful relegation season. He came in, he lifted the mood. Look at the early attendances, the 11,500 against Salford on a Tuesday night. He, he, people bought into it. So you can't overreact. Jack, Jack mentioned it in the first half of the podcast. You, know, you can't overreact too much. 
Um, yes, it really hurts in a Devon derby, but you, you've got to look at the bigger picture. Mm. And, and Argyle, we've mentioned the inconsistency, but they're in and around the right sort of place at the table, and a couple more wins in, would get them towards the playoff places, which, you know, at the start of the season, after a new manager and changes squad and everything like that, if, if, if they're in the playoff positions come Christmas time, then that's not, not a bad situation to be in. So I wouldn't want people to sit, get too down on Ryan Lowe just after that. I mean, they've won the previous two games 6-0 on aggregate sort of thing. Mm. So, but that doesn't mean that you can't you know, question and, and ask questions and, and be critical, constructively critical about things. And um, you know, no one's perfect. I'm not perfect. None of us are perfect. But you, you, know, you do the best job to the best of your ability. And I'm sure Ryan Lowe will have his... Be doing exactly that this week, and like I say, hopefully we'll we'll see a response. So has his stock fallen? You know, there'll be a few people asking more questions of him, and there'll probably be a few more doubters out there. But always with football, you've got to look at a bit of a bigger picture than just one game, two game. You know, it's not as simple as one game, is it, Jack? No, I, I agree with you. I think some people will be questioning him after that, but overall, if they respond on on Saturday, as I mentioned earlier, and suddenly it's three wins out of the last four, and the two points off the playoffs or whatever. Fans quickly forget. Obviously, they won't forget that Devon Derby. That'll go down as one of the worst Devon Derbies of all time, undoubtedly. But if things pick up and then we're in the playoffs at the end of the season and Argyle go out, then that's that's the ultimate aim, surely. Yes, this, this hurts and it will probably hurt for the rest of the week. But you've got to move on. And people, you don't become a bad manager after one game. Things went wrong in that game. Like I said, my, for me personally, I put the responsibility more at the players than at Ryan Lowe. Um, and I don't think, I think Andy's right. For most fans, I think they're still 100% backing him. There was just obviously legitimate frustration after Saturday. Yeah, Matthew Heffernan says when Argyle are pressed, particularly away from home park, they struggle to beat the press the way the manager wants and it breaks down. Is it as simple as trying to play the same way regardless of the opponent? You must have to adapt or is this the fault of the players? We've had this question almost on a weekly basis mm-hmm. um, that Ryan Lowe, and Ryan Lowe said it himself, he's got his way of playing, the players have got to adapt. I mean, it played into Exeter's hands on Saturday and Argyle didn't have a plan B. Is, does Ryan Lowe need a plan B? I, I think he's going to have to start too soon because I don't think he's got the players that can play the system out from the back. I mean, we've touched on it with the defenders. I mean, they're probably they're probably a, probably a lot better defensively than they are with the ball. Um, but you know, his philosophy is playing out from the back, um, and that's not going to change. And I don't think we're going to see a, a, a huge improvement until he's he's managed to get the the back three that he wants. Um, I think. That, yeah, I just think you know, errors are. There's so many errors within that back back three playing out from the back, and uh, yeah, I don't I don't think he's going to change. But a plan B, what you know, we don't have the the, the strike force that we have aren't really adapt adaptable to playing a long ball. You know, Ryan Taylor is is your option if you're gonna if you're gonna go gonna go long and hopefully hold up. But, but even when he's played this season, he doesn't. He seems to have lost that sort of edge to his game as well. Um, I think Ryan Lowe likes, you know, very mobile strikers, players, uh, attackers that can play off, you know, off the off off the off the centre backs, spins, runs into channels. Um, so I don't see a, a, a future with with Ryan Taylor at, at the club. But um, with regards to playing out from the back, I think he's just going to continue. I mean, he hasn't shown a plan B yet, so I think it will just perseverance. I think every time I've spoken to Ryan Lowe. He, uh, about this sort of issue, he's he's very much that he's going to stick to his way of playing, and that's 
that's fine. Derek Adams did that for a, a large chunk, well, most of his yeah. time at Argyle. So um, the one thing that I would raise on this subject is that people say, oh, people have sussed out Ryan Lowe. They know how his teams are going to play. Well, the way Argyle are trying to play at the moment and that's succeeding sometimes and failing others is exactly the same way that Berry did last season. And Berry ended up finishing second in the table and the highest scores in the division. Mm. Um, so if it was as easy to say his side's been sussed out, well, how did Berry get so many points and finishes as the top scorers last season? People knew how Berry were going to play, but Berry were able to beat the opposition by implementing their style on the opposition. Now, is the debate that the Argyle players, one, still aren't quite up to speed with what Ryan Lowe wants, and two, are they good enough to do what he wants? And is he going to need a transfer window or two to bring in players that can do what he wants them to do? There is the argument, of course, to say that you adapt your style and your system to suit the players you've got, uh, and that is a perfectly valid argument. But Ryan Lowe is, seems very committed to, this is the way I'm going to play, and if, if he was here now and, you know, you said to him, well, are you, why don't you change your philosophy on your... We said, look, I got promoted with Barry last season. We were the, one of the most attractive teams in the whole of the EFL. You know, we scored top scorers. We won loads of games. It, it worked for him last season. There's no reason why it can't work for him at a different club, but perhaps maybe one or two more players need to be changed. The question I would ask as well is, well, what system suits them? They conceded 82 goals last season playing with a four, four at the back. What, what system suits these centre-backs? Maybe we just have to think they're not good enough. Mm. That's what it comes down to for me. That's, that's exactly yeah. what you're saying. Mm. Wasn't it? I mean, going back to Berry, one key difference between Berry of last season and Argyle this year is Nicky Maynard, of course, yep. who yeah. did score 20-25 goals. So. Yeah. And he's scored a lot of Mansfield. Yeah, he? he started to now, absolutely. Um, so you touched on it earlier, Jack. You feel that there's a, a, a bit of an overreaction from the Green Army, do you? To Saturday's Firstly, team? I think the fans were... We haven't talked about the fact they were booed, Argyle players were booed mm. off well, the pitch. You, by you, their... To be fair, you stayed until the end, didn't yeah, you? Stayed, so, stayed um, until the end. Did um, you boo? <laughs> no, I didn't boo actually, but I, I, I don't have anything. I know Chris, you're not particularly a big fan of booing, are you? I'm not but, a big fan of booing, but, but... but for me, I don't mind it. I think it's a way of showing how you feel. And it's, you're isolated to that one game. I think you're booing that performance, not booing them as players, not booing them as a team, just that performance. I was quite interested to see Anthony Sarsvik seem to dart down the tunnel, didn't come over with the rest of the team. I don't know mm. if. Anyone else noticed that? Did it Ryan Lowe as well? Ryan Lowe, yeah, he didn't come over and clap, which I was quite surprised mm. at actually, because that's not normally like him. But so maybe Sarsic was hurting, particularly because, like you said, he's one of two mm. players that's been involved, and maybe he wasn't happy with the performance of other players. He wasn't, he wasn't great, but he was probably the best of a bad bunch, I'd say, on Saturday. But the overreaction, one hundred percent. I think fans are all guilty of overreacting at times. And the fact I've stayed away from... I don't like fan forums. I don't particularly like social media when it comes to football fans because we're just all a miserable bunch of people, aren't we? And, you know, I'm sick of seeing people saying, whether it's just to try and wind people up, or whether they actually think it, God knows, but people saying that Ryan Lowe should be sacked. I said, why do you come and watch football? Why do you go fishing or something? What, what do you expect? I'll go, I'm going to win 46 games this season. Yes, Saturday's result was unacceptable. It will hurt. But calling for the manager to be sacked, for me, you lose your credence. And I, I take no notice of comments like that because I just think it's ridiculous. It's one game. It is one game. Yes, there was more meaning to that. But in terms of points, in terms of where you want to be at the end of the season, it is one game. Hopefully there's a response. Fans are overreacting according for his head. Well, I just hope I just don't see any of them on Saturday. Well, I, I said to Chris else. earlier, it's crazy because Argo started the day, you know, all the fans were singing his name in the mm. pub. Mm. At the end of the day, with some of them mm. probably singing this, mm. who was singing that song, mm. calling from 
him to be sacked. It's, it sums mean, up the mentality Jack, of football fans. Jack's right. We're, we're all football fans as well yeah. as, as what we do. And, you know, our teams, we all moan and groan. And if you think about it sensibly and logically, you know, sometimes some of the things you say, you wouldn't, you wouldn't say, you know, mm. with, the, with the balance of hindsight. But um, I, I understand why the fans were really frustrated. That's a big game and it was a really poor performance. Booing, you know, I'm never... Booing the team off, yeah, I, I, I get it, but I don't think it's going to make any difference. Those players aren't going to go off the pitch and think, oh, we've been booed off the pitch, I'm going to prove, you know, try extra hard next time. I don't think they are. They won't have enjoyed it, they won't have liked it, um, but it comes with the territory. You know, mm. if you're a professional footballer, one minute you're being praised, enjoy it. Next minute you might be getting criticised. You've just got to have a thick skin and get on with it. If you want the cheers, you've got to accept the boos, I think. Yeah, and yeah, that's yeah. just part and parcel of the game. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a line and people shouldn't cross that line. I think booing to just give your frustration at the game is, mm. is fair game. But people saying low should be sat the well. Less said about them, the better. Yeah. <laughs> so let's move away from the Devon derby then. I think you've uh, had a rather cathartic <laughs> experience there and got all of your collective chests. Um, two games this week, starting with Chelsea in the Checker Trade Trophy. I guess this, you know, we talk about the old cliche of a, a, an opportunity for people to go out there and impress, but it, it seems as though it probably will be tomorrow night. Yes. There must be places in that team available for, yeah, the, for the, the important so. game against Grimsby on Saturday. Yeah. So there's got to be shirts up for grabs. So whoever, yeah. whoever plays tomorrow night, if they go out and play well, they have to have a chance of playing on Saturday. thing is, like we've touched on, you're probably going to see another back three on Saturday. You know, I'd expect Will Ameson to, to get some minutes tomorrow night. And I'd expect him to be in the starting lineup. And and Wooster's back after seven a, a one-match ban. So, you know, he's going to be starting, he's going to be starting at the back three against Grimsby. Again, another... Another inconsistency, isn't it? He, I don't think he's played this. Has he played the same back three or back five for consecutive games? I think he might have played the same one. For, Saturday well, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday yeah. before. I mean, it's not been often. Yeah. Part of that is form and, and injuries and, and bits and pieces. But it doesn't just, help. You, 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 it always helps if you can have a set. The, the problem is, the line. thing I feel for managers is. Uh, I'm, I'm not saying any particular players, but if you're a manager and you know there's certain players that aren't good enough, you can't come out and say it. Mm. You can't come out and be player X, player Y, they're just not good enough for my team, but I've got no choice but to play them until I can try and get... You can't say that. Them, You've got to back them. Um, but realistically, we probably know that some of these aren't suited to his style, that aren't going to play. And it's, it's a tough situation to be in. Um, but I do think there is a bit of importance to this Chelsea game, because I think it will have... If they can get a win... I know people don't like to turn up to these games, but as Chris will vouch for the, the numbers of people tuning into his blogs, people do care. Mm. And if they can get a positive result, it will help going into Saturday's game. And the likes of Billy Clark might get a chance to impress and try and push in on it. Like I said, play, there are places up for grabs. And if there's not a reaction, even on Tuesday night, from those players that have got a place to try and win in, the, in league football, then I'll be surprised. There might not be masses of people at Home Park on Tuesday night, but there's the, the traffic that we get for our live blogs for these games is, is, is high, surprisingly high. And you always get the comments, oh, I'm not interested in this, I don't want to know about it. But you keep tweeting <coughs> me, telling me that you're not interested in it. Yeah, and you know, but you can't keep saying the same thing over and over again. It's sort of. Um, Fans are interested in their football club. Yeah, it would do the club. It's not an important game, in my opinion, but it would do the club some good to get a game, get a win, and if they draw or win, then they qualify for the next stage of the competition. Now, I don't know how much merit you put in that. We can, we could have a another half an hour debate about that. But I think, 
I'm not overly fussed about the competition itself, but I do think it would it would help the club just move on from Tuesday, if uh, from Saturday, if they got a good result on Tuesday. And the finances as well. You know, if our goal want Ryan Lowe to go out and be able to bring some people in, yeah. any way that the club can get some finance is surely can only be a good thing. And there is some decent money to be had. And it's but of course I got lost five 0 last year, so there's there's no this is no good not going to be a walk in the park. Some of these extra youngsters are good, and perhaps some of them Ryan Lowe might look at and think they look quite look good. Maybe we'll try and make a move for him in January. You don't there are there are good positive aspects to these types of games. I haven't had a chance to really think about it. Josh Grant obviously would he be available to play against Chelsea in this? I don't, know. I don't know the answer to that question. No. If the answer is yes, it probably just shows how much competition it is. Didn't Samori play for Chelsea last season? I guess uh, that's one thing I was going to check out. I haven't really done too much prep so far. I know um, Hudson had always played against Argyle in, in the competition yes. previously. He scored twice yeah. against them. Yeah, yeah. that, that year we drew 2 2. So there'll, there'll be some good players here, and perhaps it is a chance to speak to whoever this, the, the guy that's taking charge of them is saying, are they going to be available in January if anyone mm. impresses? So there are some benefits. Although, Chelsea. you know, we don't want under-23 teams playing in the competition, really, but there are some benefits. As well. No, but Chelsea have certainly loaned out plenty of players, haven't they, over the last few seasons. So, um, yeah, it could well mm. be an opportunity there. So, let's move on to Grimsby, then. You all just want to see a reaction mm. from Argyle. Massive. I would be more concerned than the 4-0 defeat on Saturday if there was another bad performance. That Then I would start to be concerned. If there's a response, I think it will go some way to sort of getting past what happened on Saturday whilst it will still hurt when people look back and say we lost 4-0 to Exeter on that Devon derby if there's not a response then for me there are more questions has to be asked about Ryan Lowe not his position but just the situation and the players than just after Saturday's game yeah it's going to come down to League 2 football isn't it I mean we spoke <laughs> about the defeats earlier of course Grimsby lost 4-0 at home to Leighton Orient Argyle beat Leighton Orient 4-0 so what's going to happen Chris give us a prediction <laughs> they, beat, they beat Exeter in James Park as well yeah James Grimsby Park. beat Exeter it's, it's, yeah. just, it's, 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 how can you predict Stu you just you, you just can't, can you? No, it's just a ridiculous, you know, on any given day. I'll predict there's going to be changes to the team, though. Yeah, I, 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 think, I think more than one. I there thought. might be a few. Well, I mean, it depends what happens against Chelsea. Yeah. If, if they play Chelsea, just say there's five, six, seven changes against Chelsea and then they get beat 5-0 like they did last season by Chelsea, then there's not many of them getting in the team on Saturday. That's what I say, that... If you're playing tomorrow night, there might only be two or 3,000 there and it might not feel the most important game of your career. But it is a real chance to get yourself into the team. There's a few players there that have been knocking around the, the fringes and things like that. Go out, put in a good performance because the starting 11 from Saturday haven't got a strong case to be the no. starting 11 against Grimsby on Saturday, have they? And also you've got the likes of Don Telford who only just yeah. missed out against Exeter City so maybe this will be a chance yeah, for him. Yeah, absolutely. To, and what a perfect time for him to come yeah. back and try and prove a case. So... We yeah. really miss him, I think. Uh, normally, as you know, I'm not a big fan of games in this competition, and I'm not overly fussed about how far Argyle go in it. Although I get Jack's point about the finances, that's a, a fair point. But I think in this circumstance, after the defeat on Saturday, I think it is it takes on a bit more importance than ordinarily these games do. I think. And also going back to the Grimsby game, I'm I'm sure Ryan Lowe will be telling his players that they cannot go out and underperform again. He, will, I'm sure he'll want a re- response for the fans, and he'll be making that that very clear. I think we're getting to a stage as well where it's last chance saloon for certain people, you know. January's not too far away now, no, is it? Exactly. I you mean, know, to be honest, you, you touched on it earlier, Andy. Maybe he's already made his, his mind up on one or two players, and he's you know they've got no that, future. Yeah, he's mentioned that a number of times post match, isn't he? That you know, if they don't adapt to his philosophy and his way of play, they'll be moving on. I mean, I've heard him say that two or three times after a defeat. I don't know. I didn't hear the comments after Saturday, but uh, yeah, he's. Uh, 
Yeah, I think maybe he has made his mind up already. Personally, I, my, my mind's made up, but you know, I'm not the manager. So. <laughs> the, closer, the closer you get to January, probably the more pressure there is on these players. Yeah. And if they don't perform, and they, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a chance. Argo are a decent club at this level. They probably don't pay bad wages. If, if, there's some of them that are, I think might still have to slip into non-league football unless they start performing. It's their careers on the line. You know, We'll still be here. Ryan Lowe will still be a manager. But some of these players will not be wanting to drop into non-league football. Because so like Chris says, who's going to take them from League 2 if they're conceding 80 goals last season, mm. they're conceding a ha- bag falls this season. There's not going to be many suitors lined up. No. Well, on that note, we shall leave it there. Let's hope it's happier next week, shall we? <laughs> we'll, we'll wait and see. I, I can't believe our goal will be that bad again on, uh, on Saturday against Grimsby. Andy, thanks ever so much for coming in. Pleasure, Pleasure to you. Uh, Pleasure to see you. Great to see you. Uh, Jack, Chris, thanks for joining me as thanks, always. Thanks and thanks for the therapy session. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Sometimes it is good to get it off your chest, I think. So um, you've got a smile on your face. You, again, you look happier than you do. I, I, do feel, I do feel a bit better. I feel like a therapist. <laughs> yeah. And thanks to you guys out there for listening. We'll be back with more of the same next week. Bye-bye. We are always happy to hear from you, and if you have any questions for our panel, please tweet them to our Twitter account, at HeraldPAFC, or visit our Facebook page, Plymouth Argyle The Herald. Thanks for listening.